Welcome to the Mindset Evolution Podcast, powered by Self-Recoding, world-class consulting and coaching services that you can access at selfrecoding.com. Self-Recoding is a unique blend of neuro-healing modalities that will empower you to reach your full potential. Join thousands of others who have experienced rapid results in their journey of personal growth. Now enjoy our show where we bring you tools for a powerful mind with your hosts, Cassie Tate and Daisy Pup. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bold and Blonde Mindset Evolution, the podcast that brings you tools for a powerful mind. I'm Kathy Tate, your host from Down Under, with me as always, your host from America, Miss Daisy Papp. Hi, Daisy. Hi, my dear friend Down Under. I'm so glad to see you and I'm glad to hear you and let's do it as we used to do it and I'm happy to see you and I'm really curious because it's almost spring on the Southern Hemisphere, but you still have sleeves. So what's Up your sleeves tonight, my time. Daisy, we are talking about men and women, feminine and masculine, and I thought I'd extend that and we'd do an episode on dating. Oh la la. Oh la la, indeed. Oh la la. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's speak about dating then. How would you like to go about it and where would you like to drive this baby home? Well, that's a good question. You know, I'm just winging it here, but I thought (laughs) it would be a good episode to discuss. I'm single at the moment and have taken a bit of a hiatus off dating for the last year or so with no plans to return immediately, but at some point in the future, I'm going to. And all the lessons I've learned and all the knowledge I've gained over the last two or three, well, three or nearly four years of doing this podcast with you have certainly enlarged my knowledge base and my awareness of how to go about dating in a better way than I used to when I was younger. And so I thought, well, that knowledge would be very useful for all the other people out there who are also still in the dating game at whatever age they may be. And I think perhaps dating is different depending on whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s or 50s. (laughs) (laughs) To some extent, it can be different according to what sort of phase of your life that you're in because I think that in different phases of our lives, we're looking for different things in our partners And I don't know, let's just wing it and see what comes out like we always do, shall we? Absolutely, yes. I like it when you wing it because I'm used to that and I could not even consider you planning on a podcast and then we need to go by strip because I'm not sure if I could do that after three and a half years doing podcasts with you, almost three and a half years producing podcasts with you. And I really appreciate the topic and I really appreciate your openness And sharing that, well, you will be in the dating scene again sooner than later. And I think you are very to the point that depending on which age group we speak to or what age we're at, our needs are different and the outlook is different as well. I have the feeling that you're not looking for someone you can reproduce with. Meaning somebody you are going to not only practice, but also give birth to a baby. 
That's very perceptive of you, Daisy, considering that this week my grandson turns one. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not looking to reproduce. (laughs) Okay. I'm just asking because maybe our listeners are not aware of that. Okay. So now if you were looking for someone to reproduce with, then it is a little bit different because then you were looking for someone who is also in the mood for reproducing and not solely practicing. Now, nevertheless, all age groups that are dating have one thing in common, actually more than one, but one big thing in common. And that is that humans date humans. That's the biggest common denominator. The second one is that they will find a partner or they will be found by a partner based on what they believe deserving and they are aware of wanting. Now, I'm not giving advice. I never do. I give suggestions. And knowing you a little bit over almost four years and us having, of course, public podcast discussions and also private conversations, I circle back, know what you want. What is it that you're looking for? Because look, If you're looking to get another car, if it is a year old or you want a brand new one or you want a certified pre-owned car, then it is a good idea to know approximately what you want. Because if you don't know what you want, you will look at millions of cars here in the US. So it's a good idea to narrow it down. Now, how do we do that? I'm not comparing humans to cars at all. What I'm trying to get to And what I'm trying to bring across and deliver so it's understandable, brain-friendly. When we don't know what we want, then we might get what we don't want. The closer I am to knowing what I do want, I'm not talking about the looks and the 20-inch wheels and the horsepowers. I'm speaking humans. When I speak humans, then it goes about the values. What values are you looking for? Now, somebody I know very closely, not a client of mine, could be, but is not. She made a list of characteristics and values. And besides that, she also finished my program from single to committed. In the single to committed, you have specifics that you can choose and you are able to choose as many as you want compared to characteristics and values where you can also choose in the first round as many as you want, and then we narrow it down to the top 10, and then we narrow it down to the top three. Now, back to the from single to committed. She actually met a man out of 56 points on her list. He meets 55. Whoa. And let me guess. Let me guess. Not single. Single. She was looking for a single man. Oh, yeah, he is single. Absolutely, yes. And she is single too. So she found her match and there's one thing missing. So she tells me she doesn't have the butterflies and he's not taking action enough. Therefore, even with 55 things that she really wanted and he has, and not only over three days or three weeks, but months and months that she's observing him, And they're talking quite frequently, as I'm aware of. And he's just not taking action. So when she is about to make a step in her career or in her life, he's not stepping up and says, hey, you know what? This is how we do it. And I can support you in this. And let me just take care of that. 
And that is what's one of her priorities in the characteristics and values. And he is not providing that. And all the 55 are downgraded. So what can we learn from this? Well, stop having expectations. What can we learn from this? Expectations are a highway to disappointment. And does it really matter that he, in this particular example that I just brought up, that he is not taking action? Because my question was to the lady, did you verbalize your needs? And she didn't. Let's go back 200 steps prior. What are your communication skills? It is okay to say what you want. It is okay to verbalize what you want. And therefore, in order to do that, you must know what you want first. This is all pertinent and very valuable, but I'm more interested in the fact that there were no butterflies. Uh Uh-huh. Well, perhaps we should explain what we mean by that. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. So to me, the butterflies means the attraction, that thing, perhaps not just physical, but also that sort of spark that you need to have with someone who will go on to be that intimate, special person in your life. Like for me, and we call them butterflies in our culture because of the fluttering in your tummy when Mm -hmm. you see them, that special feeling. And for me, if there isn't that factor, then nothing else will matter. Because without that, then it's friend zone. So that's why I'm interested in this absence of butterflies. Or has this person connected the butterflies to this need for the guy to take the action? Has she connected those two? Do they go together for her? Well, I'm in the process of conversations with her frequently, actually. And the question is, are you looking for butterflies to reproduce or are you looking for butterflies to live a life, to build a life? Are you looking for butterflies to be dependable and reliable? Are you looking for butterflies to have an excursion, a physical excursion? So I wonder where does it come from what you are or you feel attracted to physically? that produces these butterflies, because I think it is absolutely overrated. Let's face it, everyone and anyone can feel attracted to something. Let's say the ice cream in my freezer. I can feel extraordinarily attracted sometimes at midnight. Do I take it or not? Now, will it fulfill my need for sweets or for something cold or a snack or however I want to define it? And for how long? Now. Let's face it, the reproduction activities are relatively short in time when we look at 24-hour periods and time units a day. Is it not much more important to be able to solve challenges in life? Is it not much more important that you can have intellectual conversation? Is it not much more important to have solution-orientedness amongst one another? And when you then upgrade that being attractive, then your butterflies can be there on a different level. 
Well, they're interesting questions and I'm not saying that they're not as important, but for me, without the butterfly factor, there wouldn't be a potential for the partnership to evolve into something more. What I mean by that, I think, is that all these other things on my list are super important and things that I want to have, but there has to be some sort of attraction to that person to be viewed as a potential partner as well for me. And I understand that part of that can be physical and our pheromones or our hormones. And I know you were speaking about reproduction and I realize that some of that is a physical thing that happens because we're perhaps at an age where we are wanting to reproduce. And that was certainly the case in my 20s and 30s. Now I'm 50 and that's certainly not something that I'm looking for. I do want that intellectual connection. I do want the ability to have intimacy. I do want all these things on my list, but there has to also be that attraction as well. Now, that may not stay in the form it begins in. It may evolve into something else, and I certainly expect that it probably would. That's been my experience, but that has to be there at the beginning for me. And I don't know if that's the same for everybody, but that's the case for me. I hear it from my clients and people I speak to or people who tell me that it's very common that they believe that the physical attraction is very important. And I agree. Now, I'd like to circle back to the hormones that you just mentioned. It is so deceiving for a woman to be on birth control because birth control affects the smell. Now, here's what happens. When they take birth control, their smell is impacted, so it's not working correctly. And a woman, through the smell, and the first French kiss, I'm not going to put this in here because we have children maybe even listening to this podcast, so we want to be aware of that. But a woman who is on birth control, her nose, her rhino is defect. If it was not defect, she could smell And through the first French kiss, she would be able to detect who is a good match to her immune system. Hmm. These are facts. This is research. So now, because through birth control, her smell is impacted or deactivated to a degree, she may like and fall for someone and she stops being on birth control and can't smell physically her partner anymore. Perhaps we need to explain the smell thing first. So there's been research done and studies done that have shown that physically a woman can detect her ideal partner through a sense... To reproduce. Through their olfactory, olfactory glands. Yes, olfactory, exactly. Yeah. That's very interesting all on its own, isn't it? That we're even capable of something like that, which makes me think that's something that goes right back to the beginning of humankind and was built into us so that we found the right partners to reproduce with in order to prolong the species. Well, and when we now understand that the nose 
the olfactory glands and the taste buds are connected biologically, physically. So some people who lose the sense of smell also lose the sense of taste or vice versa. And it is said by scientists and many research has been conducted on this, that through a French kiss, a woman is able to detect the compatibility of the immune system between the two of them. Okay. And so you're saying that birth control interrupts that process. Absolutely, yes. And then, so here we have a situation, woman's on birth control, meets a potential partner, likes him, they get it going, they get serious. She comes off birth control in order to have children and, oops, a daisy, it all changes. And they're probably both left wondering why. Yes. And currently I work with a client actually who is absolutely proof of that because she met her significant other while she was on birth control. And since she's off birth control, she really physically says she cannot smell him anymore. She smells him, but she can't stand his smell. Mm, so interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Are there other things like that involved? Let's move on from reproduction because there's a lot of us not going there again. <laughs> well, I think what is also very important is, okay, what is your history, your dating history? Because it may have imprinted you. Oh, let's talk about this. Your past dating life or partnerships can imprint you does that mean in layman's terms that you're carrying baggage around? If that is your way to phrase the layman's language, absolutely yes, I agree. Let's say one day you confused some butterflies you had and that were very active with love and the partner who was interacting with you that partially made you believe that the partner caused your butterflies, was misbehaving or ignoring you, then you may have connected dots that don't belong together. Meaning that, oh yeah, but I love them so much and my butterflies were all wild around. And then therefore, somebody who's really treating me nicely, I'm going to ignore because my butterflies don't kick in because they must be ignore me and they must be rude with me because that kicks off my butterflies. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. I think it is very important that we have a look at our past history. Now, only when we heal our inner world. Now, let me very precisely clarify what I mean by healing the inner world. Because healing, I'm not healing anyone. I'm not a healer. I'm not stating that I can, and I'm not stating that I do. But we ourselves, as individuals, we can take measures to heal our inner world, meaning the wounds that we carry around, the disappointments, the hurts, yeah, the trauma that we carry around. We can heal them in our inner world. Now, when we do that, then we are able to meet people on a very different level because then I'm no longer on autopilot oh, this guy is just too boring for me or he's just too dependable or too reliable. There's no excitement, it's boring. Well, then bring in some excitement. When we know what we want and we admit what we want and we allow ourselves to want what we want 
and agree that we're deserving to get what we want, all this within the healthy spectrum of wants and possibilities in a relationship, physical, mentally, psychological, I think that's my observation and my opinion, then say what you want and allow the other to think about it if they want to fulfill that for you to their best of capabilities and abilities. But when we sit here and we're just stretching our cheeks or we're just putting up our I don't care face expression, that's not going to transmit our vision of the ideal. Look, the perfect partner doesn't exist. Stop looking. The ideal partner does exist because you yourself are not perfect either. I myself, I'm not perfect either, but I can be ideal to someone and I can be ideal in a relationship. So as we here in our podcast platform do audio, and I don't have the visual aspect in drawing something on my famous green paper that I like to share with my clients one-on-one or in workshops or lectures or seminars or such. Let me try to describe it verbally the best way I can. What type of relationship are you looking for? Now, are you looking for something casual? Are you looking for something long-term? Are you looking for a committed monogamous relationship? Are you looking for growing old together? Are you looking for a partner with whom you can thrive in your career and you can support them thrive in their career? What is it that you're looking for? And the relationship itself, let's imagine that as a roof. And now imagine, would you like to have a flat roof? Would you like to have a roof that is just in a very little degree angle? Would you like to have a second story on your house with a different angle of roof? Do you like to have windows in that roof on the side? Or what is it that you want? So I like to look at the relationship itself as the roof shape. Now, when I know that and I'm able to converse with someone who is my potential future partner and we both are looking to have a similar roof, now then chances are that, okay, let's discover further. Because now I'm speaking in pictures, which is quite a challenge doing it through audio only. But imagine two cousins and Each individual in that partnership, in that relationship, represents one of these columns or posts. And now both of them will carry that group. They remain individuals. They remain themselves. Now, therefore, I think it is very important that we look into what roof are we looking for that we both are capable of carrying and we're both wanting and willing to build and to maintain. Sounds sensible to me. It sounds like what you're literally saying is that his list also needs to be fulfilled just like ours does. Exactly. Why? Because you are not the center of the universe and neither am I. What? And neither is any one of our listeners. (laughs) It's about companionship. It's not about solo mio. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's all very interesting and I think there's one thing we still need to cover before we end this episode. The butterflies? Which is, (laughs) (laughs) no, actually, 
that something that I have learned over the years of knowing you, Daisy, and I want to make sure that we impart this to our listeners. So I want to talk about having standards. Absolutely. Now, you can only have standards when you know what you stand for. Your art of standing. Now, how do we get there? Know your values. Know the characteristics that you appreciate, that you value, that you celebrate, that you carry in yourself, that you carry into the world on a daily basis. It's not only, I want somebody who is honest, and then I'm not honest myself. That doesn't work that way. When my standard is honesty, I will not settle for dishonesty. When my standard is communicating in healthy ways, saying what I mean and meaning what I say, and make that my standard, then I will not settle for someone who says something that they don't mean and means something they don't say. So it goes back to the inner world. Look, I completed two books today, which is a huge milestone for me because the publishing process is so much more work than I like to remember every time I finish writing a book. That's why I don't do it every month and every year. So luckily every few years, then I have forgotten the publishing process and then I dare to write another book. And my goal and idea is, my vision is that we can prevent future parents, and I refer to teenagers because they are the next generation being young parents, from broken heart syndrome or from breaking their heart or from having their heart broken. Over the past 12 years, since I developed the formula for finding true love, the five plus two, I have noticed with clients, thousands of them in one-on-one sessions and workshops and seminars that the five plus two formula always, and I rarely generalize, it brings such a value base home that is just outstanding. No matter your culture, no matter your age, no matter your gender, no matter your faith group, no matter your geographics, Every single time it brings joy into their life and it brings more stability. It brings more contentedness. So it is so simple. And look, I admit I'm blonde and I am an idealist. I admit totally, wholeheartedly. I admit based on my past 12 year humble practice and experience that this five plus two works. Now, When you know that it's not the looks, it's not the eye color, it's not the shape of their lips, it's not the height in inches or in centimeters of their body, it is not the body weight, it is not the pigmentation of their skin, it is not how much hair or no hair they have, but it really comes down to who they are truly and how people are and who people are is how they behave. Now, when we start educating and offering education towards the next generation parents to choose healthy lovers, healthy, committed partners, then the next generation will grow up with both parents present, with both parents committed, with both parents honest, with both parents aware of the values they carry and present and represent during their lifetime. Tragedy still may happen, but choosing well makes all the difference. Now, I envision humanity 
our species, being able to choose well, raise their standards around the globe, and inspire others to do the same. Well, awesome. Yes, I think that does cover off what I wanted to make sure we included about standards, which of course stem from our values. And I think this is an interesting conversation for those listeners out there who may be in the dating game. We'll give them something to think about as they go about their dating activities. Yes, I agree. One last thing comes to my mind just as I hear you speak. It pops in at times and it just happened. When you are on the edge of dating or you are at the beginning of dating, it is a good idea to ask your potential date, what is it that they envision? Be courageous. Ask what roof are you looking for? And then check in with yourself. Am I the pillar who wants to be partnering in carrying that roof in a stable way and lasting? And also when you see that maybe the potential other is a little hesitant, ask them, what can I do to make your decision easier? What do you need from? Ask, because why not? What can you lose? Worst case, you're losing a pillar that's not a match to carry the roof that you envision. Congratulations. <laughs> We are bald and blonde. Mindset Evolution. Talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs> We're done, aren't we? <laughs> well, that has been a very interesting conversation. We hope that you guys have enjoyed it as well. Please let us know your thoughts. You can visit us at baldandblonde.live. There's a contact us page. While you're there, throw us a few dollars for a cup of coffee on the support us link. And as always, we would like to shout out a giant thank you to our major sponsor, Self Recoding. If you have got value from Daisy on this podcast, imagine the value you get from working with her. So please do visit Daisy at selfrecoding.com as well. And thank you as always for supporting our podcast and keeping us on air. That's it from us this week. We'll be back real soon with another episode. We are bold and blonde. Mindset Evolution. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening in to the Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution podcast. Please share our show with your family and friends. Together, we make this world a better place for you, for us, for future generations. When you need consulting or coaching, visit selfrecoding.com. Also, please remember to rate us five stars and leave a review and support us at baldandblonde.live. Talk to you soon. <laughs>